Good evening and welcome to our Wednesday night online service here at Shawnee Baptist Church. I'm delighted that you would take time to join us this evening. I trust you've had a great week thus far, uh, starting with a fabulous Sunday morning, another good, attend- a good attendance considering um, we're in the middle of uh, just some different uh, rules and, and things with our building. Uh, but still a, a great attendance. There's visitors in attendance. There was a salvation Sunday morning, a baptism. Uh, congratulations, Lorraine. What a uh, what a blessing. And uh, once again, uh, it is a joy to be here together to share the word of God. Now, this is our last, uh, what we're calling uh, online only service here at Shawnee Baptist Church. Uh, meaning uh, we'll still be live streaming. And so if you're still a little fearful of getting out of the house and you still want to be a part of uh, our worship and our Bible study, we will still be uh, online and we're excited about that. But uh, on Sunday morning, we've already opened. Uh, Sunday night, we'll have our first Sunday evening service in person for those who can make it out and attend. And then next Wednesday, we'll also be back inside the building. Uh, Sunday school, we're still going to delay for just a little bit longer. Um, I will talk about Sunday school on Sunday morning and Sunday night. And so those who uh, are interested in Sunday school, and and I'm looking forward to our Sunday school classes reopening. There's a few logistical things that we're trying to work through, especially uh, with our children in nurseries. Just a little bit extra planning that we need to make sure we take care of before we can do Sunday school effectively and appropriately. And so would you pray with me about that? And I will make more announcements this upcoming Sunday for that. Uh, So looking forward to our Bible study this evening back in the book of James. I trust that it has been a blessing to you uh, and an encouragement to you. God's word promises to never return void. And I believe each week, uh, whether it's Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, or even in our own personal devotions, that anytime we open the Word of God and read from the Word of God, there is something for us uh, to apply, something to make application. And we now more than ever need the Holy Spirit's help. Uh, we want to be spiritually mature. We want to be not just hearers of the Word, but doers also. And so our prayer this evening is that the Holy Spirit of God would speak to our hearts, that we would listen that the distractions in our homes or wherever we find ourselves watching uh, would be put away and that the work of God would go on in our hearts and lives. And I'm looking forward to seeing the fruit that the book of James produces through the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I already know it has done some wonderful things for me. And uh, God's word has a way of changing your perspective. Uh, it's our job to make sure that our mind uh, and our heart matches with Scripture, matches with God's mind and God's heart. And the book of James helps us do that. As one person said, James is like the Proverbs of the New Testament. And I love the book of Proverbs. So many wise sayings, so many wonderful nuggets of truth. And, and literally, that is the book of James. Uh, from chapter 1 now till we're in the middle of chapter 2. Uh, tonight, there's been so many nuggets of truth, so many things that we can make application to our lives and help us 
uh, not just be good citizens, but more importantly, help us be good Christians. And I know that's your desire, and that's definitely my desire, uh, and my desire for you. And so let's look at James chapter number 2. James chapter number 2, and again, we're going to read verses 14 through 16. Uh, I'm going to read scripture, we're going to pray, and then I will review and then kind of go into our new notes. And I'm not necessarily going to give you a review is stopping and the new stuff is starting. I'm going to kind of just blend right into it seamlessly, Lord willing, this evening. And uh, once again, as we pray, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to do a work in our hearts and lives tonight. James chapter number two, verse number 14. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked or destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled. Notwithstanding, ye give them not those things which are needful for the body. What doth it profit? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Verse number 19. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. Verse number 20. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Verse number 24, Ye see then how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for the wonderful privilege we have to come online this evening, whether by Facebook or YouTube or our church website. And Father, uh, listen and apply the Word of God. And we pray that your Holy Spirit would help us uh, calm the distractions around us, help us to focus on your Word, help us to focus on the truth. I pray your Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts, make application to our lives, and as He makes application... Father, lead us to obey. Lead us to apply. Help us not just to be hearers only. And God, I pray that as your word goes out this evening, that once again, the promise would uh, be true, that it would not return void. And then, Father, maybe there's one that uh, tonight has dead faith or emotional faith, but they do not have living faith. Father, I do pray that if there's one that does not know your son, Jesus Christ, as their personal Savior, Father, if there's one that has dead faith, that tonight they would begin a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that they would recognize that you loved us so much and loved them so much that you sent your son into this world to live, to die, to rise again, to pay the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. And that, Father, you commended your love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, your son Jesus Christ died for us. Thank you for that sacrifice. And Father, I pray tonight, if there's one that does not know your son, Jesus, that tonight they would be willing to place their faith in him and him alone for salvation. And that, Father, this saving faith that we've uh, talked about last week and this week and next week, 
uh, Father, would truly be a part of our lives. And we'll thank you and praise you for the work that you do in your son Jesus' precious name we ask it. Amen. In our text, James offers an important question there in uh, verse number 20, uh, 14. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith, and have not works? Can faith save him? Or, in other words, can faith alone save him? What profit? What does a man have to gain from a faith that does not have any actions behind it? Why was this question so important? James wrote to Christians who were of and people who were of a Jewish background. And they were, through Christ, discovering a blessing of salvation by faith. They would know the happiness, the freedom, from works righteousness. Ephesians 2, verse number 8, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Unless I'm confusing, let me say, this evening that you will not get to heaven based on your works alone. It is faith that saves. But as we've established, saving faith has some evidences, have some works of that saving faith. Uh, They went, the, the Jews would go to the extreme opposite. They lived at one point, their works being their salvation, and now, boy, I'm saved by grace through faith. This is great. Does works even matter then? Is there anything that I really need to do, or is there anything I really need to follow? And they went to the opposite of works doesn't matter at all. There are those who say they possess real faith today that have the same problem. They might say, oh, yes, I I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. Oh, yes, my my faith is in him. But there is no sign of that so-called faith. There is no evidences of living faith or saving faith in their life. There's no difference between their walk and their talk. There's no difference between their works and the world. There's no difference between their lifestyle. So James asked, verse number 14, What doth it profit, my brethren, if you say you have faith and have not works? What good is the faith that you say you have if it does not possess some fruit, some actions, some works in your life? And so James gives an illustration to help us better understand it. Verse number 15, if a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say to them, depart from, or depart in peace, be warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Is it real, genuine faith if somebody comes to you with a need and you have the ability to meet that need and you say, oh, I'll pray for you, yet you don't meet that need? Be warmed and filled. I sure hope you get the clothing. I sure hope you get the the food. I I have it, but I'm not interested in giving to you. What type of faith is that? We have a great example in Scripture from uh, God there in 1 John chapter 3, verse number 16. John goes on to write, hereby perceive or know, hereby we know the love of God because he laid down his life for us. We know that God loves us because Jesus died for us. He was willing to sacrifice his body and his blood there on the cross for us. 
we see his love by what he did. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Verse number 17, but whoso hath this world's goods and seeth his brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? Does that man really have God's love if he looks at his brother in need and doesn't try to do something to meet that need? My children, he says there in the book of John, let us love not in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and truth. Let's not just start, let's, let's stop just talking about our faith, but let's start living our faith. James chapter 2, verse number 17, even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. The person with dead faith has knowledge without action, intellect without submission, words without works. Now, at no point here in this passage does James require works for salvation, or nor does he attain that one must have works to maintain salvation. And that's a key. We are not legalistic. We do not believe in uh, biblical legalism that you must work, that works is your salvation. Okay? And James is not attesting to that here in James chapter 2. James is pointing out that the result or what we do is a result of what we believe. Don't miss that. What we do in our works and our actions is a product, is a result of what has taken place in our heart and in our mind. Okay. Now we come to verse number 18. Verse number 18. James is not done talking about dead faith in which we studied and talked about last week. But he goes on and he addresses another problem. Okay, look there with me at verse number 18. Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith and I have works. And then James responds, show me thy faith without thy works and I will show thee my faith by my works. James gives what might have been a common statement that some would make. Uh, you have faith, I have works, we're both good, right? Uh, this might be a claim that some believers have faith and some uh, believers have works. It might be a claim that not every Christian needs to have them both, that, that some Christians uh, have faith or are faith Christians and other Christians are work Christians. But James is putting his finger on it. In other words, he's saying, uh, one could say, well, you say you're going to heaven by your faith, and I'm saying I'm going to heaven by my works. We're all good. We must be both going to heaven. And James poses a question. He poses a challenge to that thought. He says, show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show you my faith by my works. What does James essentially say? this. Ready? Prove it. Prove it. Show me. Um, I enjoy basketball and I enjoy playing uh, the game of pig uh, or horse, whatever, whatever way you want to uh, call it. 
And it starts by uh, one person taking a shot. If they make that shot, then the person following them has to take the same shot. If they make that shot, then the person following has to take that same shot. If somebody misses that shot, then that person in the game of pig uh, gets a P. If they miss another shot later, they get an I. If they miss another shot later, they get a G. And when somebody gets all three letters, the game is done. There's a variation of that game that I like to play. And that is this, when you get down to the last letter, so that, that G, and you get P and you get I and you get G, that last shot, if you miss it, you have uh, one of two options. You can prove it or you can ask the person to prove it. Sometimes people make just a crazy difficult shot and uh, it's, it's virtually impossible to make, but it fell that time. And if that's your last letter, you can bounce the ball back to them and say, prove it. I want to see you do it again. Now, if they make that shot, you're out. But if they miss that shot, you erase that letter G. Essentially, what are you doing? They made the shot and you're saying, okay, prove it. Prove that you can do it again. Or I missed it, but I think I can do it. And so I'm going to prove again that I can do it. What is the challenge here? James says, prove it. You say you have works. Uh, I say I have faith. I say I have faith. You, have, you, you say you have works. Prove it. Show me. Prove your faith with no evidence of works. Think about that. Prove your faith with no evidence of works. There's a problem. You can't. You cannot prove. You can say you have faith. But works is the only way to prove to the world around us that we truly have faith. People who truly believe something act on what they believe. Faith that doesn't cause a person to act James says, has dead faith. Faith that does not cause a person to act has works that follow. The Holy Spirit says, is dead faith. James responds with this. I can prove my faith by my works. I can prove my faith by my works. He says, I will show thee my faith by my works. In other words, I can show you what I believe by you watching what I do. Now, we can't see someone's faith, but you can see someone's works. You can see their faith by their works. You can't see faith without works, but you can demonstrate the reality of your faith by your works. I believe this brings us to another valid question. What works prove that I have saving faith? If James says that faith without works is dead faith, how do I know I have saving faith or living faith and not 
dead faith? Well, James tells us by watching our works. This is not for me to judge you and your faith, whether it's saving or dead. This is for you and I to look at ourselves and say, Steve Frost, do you have dead faith or do you have living, saving faith? And I can look at my life and I need to identify, do I have the works of real faith? Do I have the actions that saving faith produces in a life? And so what works can we look at to identify if we have saving faith? Well, there's a few that we can mention here this evening. First, we could say works of repentance. Works of repentance. If you have believed but you've never repented of your sins, then I would beware of my believing. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse number 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Repentance. That word repent means to change our mind. If we have never changed our mind about the matter of sin, maybe we have dead faith. If you say you have saving faith, and yet never, never hated the sin that you once loved, you might need to check your faith. Now, I'm not saying we're perfect, okay? I'm not, I'm not saying that tonight. I'm a pastor. I'll be the first one to tell you I'm not perfect. And if I ever stand behind the pulpit and say I'm perfect, you talk to my wife. And my, if my wife says that I'm perfect and I, she's not going to, then you talk to my mother because my mother would definitely not say that I'm perfect. It doesn't mean that we're perfect, but it does mean that we're humble before God and that we are trying to battle the sin in our lives. The person that loves his sin thinks little of that sin, lives in sin, and lives like there is nothing is wrong, and speaks of it as sin really doesn't matter. Are they really showing the works of saving faith? And faith without works is dead faith. Works of repentance, we could say works of a personal relationship. Works of a personal relationship is prayer ignored. Is your Bible being neglected? Is the Word of God left in your life together dust? Do you have a desire to walk and to talk with Him? If a young man came to me this evening and said, Pastor Steve, I'm interested in this girl. I just, uh, I just, I really think that you know she is the one for me. Uh, well, how, how do you, how do you know that? Well, I just don't know. I just, I just believe it. Well, do you have a desire to be with her? No, not really. Do you have a desire to talk with her? No, not really. Do you have a desire for her to talk with you? No, not really. Do you have a desire to spend time or her to spend time with you? No, she's probably not the one for you. There, there's a problem with that relationship. And such is the case. If we have no desire to walk with God, if we have no desire to spend time in our prayer closets with God, then maybe we don't have the works of a personal relationship. Does your heart long to spend time with Him? Just as breathing signifies life in a person, so does the desire for fellowship with God show 
a living faith, a saving faith. If your faith has no desire to get closer to God, can that faith really be living faith? We have works of repentance. We have works of personal relationship. Third, there's works of obedience. Works of obedience. John chapter 14, verse number 15. Jesus says, If ye love me, keep my commandments. John will later say there in 1 John chapter 5, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. Meaning not only do I keep them, but I, I desire keeping them. They don't bug me. It's not a thorn in my flesh to keep the commandments of God. Verse number four, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. A child has a built-in desire to want to please their parents. It doesn't mean our children are perfect, but they do have a desire to please and a desire to obey. If there's no desire to want to follow the commandments of Christ, can there really be saving faith in someone's life? Now, we may neglect some things for a time out of ignorance. And that, that happens. I always love it when a new believer uh, or, or even an older believer comes and says, you pastor, you wouldn't believe it what I just read and studied in the word of God. This is what God showed me. I've got to live by this. I love when that happens. Their disobedience is completely different. In the sake of, they, they're not disobeying because they knew something and said, I'm not going to do it. No, their disobedience was out of ignorance. They just, they just didn't know. And they see it in Scripture and the Holy Spirit speaks to them and voila, I'm going to live by it. Okay. Is there a desire to follow God's leading? Okay. If we're listening to the Holy Spirit, will we continue to sin willfully? Living faith strives to be obedient faith. Faith without works, James says, is what? Dead faith. The fourth works that we could identify and look at our life is works of separation. Is there any difference? Or do we desire for there to be any difference between us and the world around us? We say we possess saving faith. Is there any separation from the world? Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. But verse number 2 says this, and be not conformed to this world. Don't be in the image of this world, but be transformed. You be different by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He says there's a difference. You can't, as a believer, be conformed to the world. You've got to be different from the world. You've got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, the change of your mind. Obviously, a believer is not perfect. And I can say that a hundred times this message. Neither am I suggesting that a believer is perfect. But there is a difference between stumbling over sin and a desire to live in sin. Let me say that again. I pray we catch it tonight. There's a difference between stumbling over a sin 
and living in sin. There's a difference from stumbling in the world and a desire to be like the world. 1 John chapter 2, verse number 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Now, don't miss this. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. I didn't say that. Scripture said that. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Love not the world. And the world passeth away in the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Faith without works that indicate the difference between a believer and a child of the world is dead faith. If I look at my own life and there's no indication that I'm different than the world around me, do I really possess a living faith? I would not give a dollar to somebody who has a grand profession of faith using uh, big, beautiful words that does not show itself in actions, does not have works that prove that faith. James says, show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. I've got time for one more of these. There's works of fruit bearing. Works of fruit bearing. Am I producing fruit in my life? John chapter 15, verse number four. Jesus says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. You cannot bear fruit unless you're connected to Jesus Christ. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. There's works of fruit bearing. Picture uh, with me for a moment a tree that has been planted into the ground. Now, the source of life in that tree is in the roots. Um, buds on the branches do not produce life. Leaves do not produce life. If apples grow on that tree, apples themselves do not produce life. The roots of the tree give life. If that tree stands there in the orchard and in the spring it has no buds. Summertime comes along and that tree has no leaves. Fall comes along and that tree bears no fruit. What will you say about that tree? That tree is dead, right? That's what, that's what we would think. So let's say we give it another year. And, and the next year, springtime, there's no buds and blossoms. Summer, there's no leaves. And the fall, there's no fruit. The next year, spring, there's no buds. And summer, there's no leaves. 
and in the fall there's no fruit, what would you say? Pastor, that tree is dead, right? You and I would say, that tree right there, no buds, uh, no leaves, no fruit, year after year after year, it's dead. It's not the buds and the leaves and the fruit that can make it live. But the absence of the buds and the leaves and the fruit is proof that it is dead. So James says, prove it. Prove it. Even so, verse number 17, faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Don't misunderstand me. Works do not produce saving faith. But works prove saving faith. Works do not produce saving faith, but works prove saving faith. James 2.18 Ye a man may say, Thou have faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Church, I, I sure hope that as people look at our lives, they see the works of our saving faith. We are not saved by those works, but works prove saving faith. May tonight we look at our own lives as our life producing the works of living faith. And if it's not, then tonight, would you place your faith in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Maybe you're here tonight and you're listening and it doesn't all make sense and it's not all clear, but tonight you know you're not saved. You know you don't have saving faith. I encourage you to put your trust in Jesus Christ and Him only. Would you receive what He did for you? Would you make it your own? God's word says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And if tonight you're willing to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you believe he died for you, you believe he rose again, you believe he's preparing a place in heaven for those who put their trust in him, and the Holy Spirit has been working in your life, then right now, would you stop? And right now, would you place your faith in him? Would you call upon him for forgiveness of your sins? Would you turn to him with your life? Would you accept him as your personal savior? Would you accept his saving faith? Father, we love you. We thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for the joy of coming to your word this evening. And once again, we, we covered uh, just a little bit. Um, there's so, so many rich things here in this passage. I just felt it necessary that you're leading to end it, to end it right here. And uh, God, I pray that we, are, we ourselves, would, would look at ourselves and that, Father, we would just check our faith. How awful it would be to be like uh, those in the book of Matthew that Jesus talked about who preached for Christ and uh, did miracles in his name, yet 
they did not possess true saving faith. He said, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. And God, I pray that we would look at our own lives and that we would be able to see our, our works of that faith. Our works of that faith. Now, we understand it's not our works that save us. It's faith and your grace that saves us. But God, I pray the world around us would see our faith by our works. And Father, once again, if there's one that has not received your son, Jesus Christ, I pray tonight they would do that. We'll thank and praise you for the work that you do in our hearts and lives. In your son Jesus' precious name we ask it. Amen. Thank you for taking time to join in this evening. If you have any questions about that uh, and what we talked about tonight, we'd love, you to have, we'd love to have you reach out uh, by way of uh, messenger. Uh, call the church. We'd love to chat with you and talk with you. If you, need, if you want more information about what Christ did for you, uh, we'd love to talk with you about that. And uh, church, look so forward to being back with you again on Sunday. And um, once again, each week, there's a few more people that are coming back. We're still running about 50% of what our average was uh, before uh, kind of the shutdown back at the end of March. Uh, but people have stayed connected, uh, and that's exciting. People are watching by way of a live stream. We're worshiping together. Uh, and church, let's continue to be the church. Let's continue to love God and love those around us. Let me just close with one more thing, and then I'll have a word of prayer. Uh, there is a, a service this Friday uh, for Shirley McCollum, a dear, sweet saint of our church, uh, who passed away this past Sunday. The viewing is Friday right here at Shawnee Baptist Church from 9 to 11, and then there's a service at 11. And if you're able to make it out on Friday to support uh, the McCollum family, they are just such sweet, wonderful people. And uh, we, we just pray. Would you pray for them, uh, for God's blessings uh, on them and for their family at this time? And once again, Shirley uh, was a Christian. She definitely had evidences of the faith that uh, she possessed. And we look forward to seeing her in heaven one day. What a grand reunion uh, that will be. Uh, but would you pray for the family? And then if you're able to come to the viewing uh, or the service on Friday, that sure would be a blessing to them. Uh, thank you once again for joining tonight. My wife and I love you. We're so grateful that the Lord has given us an opportunity to serve here at Shawnee Baptist Church, to serve you. And uh, we are by no means perfect. Never, I never have claimed to be, uh, but sincerely do love you. And it's, I'm so excited about what God is doing in my life and in your life and in our lives together. We are better together. Church, I pray you have a wonderful evening. Father, once again, we thank you for your goodness to us. Father, as we go tonight, uh, we ask that once again that your spirit would be upon each one of us, that we would take the things that we've heard from your word this evening, make application to our lives, and Father, help us to increase in our faith. Uh, what wonderful truths from your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for your word. And God, I pray that you bless us uh, as we finish out our week. Lord, I pray that you be with the McCollum family, sweet, dear people, uh, just wonderful people. And God, I pray that you'd be with them this week as uh, they bury their mom and grandma and friend. 
And Lord, thank you for Miss Shirley's life. Uh, thank you for heaven and the promise of eternity. And we look forward to being able to rejoice uh, again one day with her. Be with the service and the, the viewing this Friday. And then, Father, would you prepare our hearts for Sunday? Would you give us wisdom? Uh, Father, would you help us? I pray once again that you would bring visitors to church, that, Father, you would save people at church, that, Father, there would be baptism decisions at church, that your spirit would be evident in our hearts and lives. And, Father, may we come to church this Sunday excited and pumped up, not about just hearing the message or, or singing. May we come excited and pumped up that we are there to exhort one another, that there we're there to encourage and strengthen one another to live for you. Now, God, I do pray for your blessings on each one of the families uh, of our church and those who are visiting and those who are joining us online. Uh, God, please continue to do a work in our lives, and we'll thank you and praise you for it. In the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Love you, church. Hope you have a great rest of your evening, wonderful rest of your week, and God bless you.